One other group that uh, a smart trainer is not for are the uh, not-so-tech-savvy people because these trainers are constantly, in in the apps that control them, are constantly updated, have glitches and bugs here and there, um, you know, you're having to connect things. Yep. You're having to use blue teeth. You're... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of... Coaches on Couches. Bing Slouches. I am your host, Coach Dale Sanford. And I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete. Hit that bell. Ding. Or all about that Instagram at BPC Performance. I think I was supposed to tell people to subscribe too. Oh, and subscribe. you should do that too. Yeah, but the bell, hit that bell with new videos dropping occasionally. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, huh? It has. We had we've had a little bit of a drought. <coughs> uh, it's been it was a busy late season with everything basically canceled the deferred early season everything ended up at the end of the year for yeah all endurance disciplines right cycling triathlon running like everything was packed and uh it seemed like mid-august through october yeah it was it was real busy so there was not a whole lot of time to to keep this couch down at least that's our story and we're sticking to it yeah so today we're going to talk about because of now the season's over and everyone's Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out what they're doing. It's getting cold. It's getting dark. Fall, you know, fall off season. Yeah, getting cold, getting dark. Uh, we're talking about trainers. trainers, indoor trainers. We did a whole podcast on why you should learn to love the trainer mm-hmm. because there's so many people that just hate the trainer. We'll cover a little bit of stuff on yes, loving the trainer, how to yeah. enjoy the trainer. People don't like the trainer because <laughs> it can be boring, right? But we'll talk the, about options. The big part of it. Um, but yeah, we're talking about, so like, what is a trainer? Well, if you probably wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't already know that. So just allows you to ride your bike indoors. Correct. Um, there, you know, so we have a program coming up, uh, House Pain, we've been doing it, this is what, 11 years or something like that. And so we get tons of questions about what do I need to, mm-hmm. to do this indoor training? Um, and then it's, you know, throughout the year, it's like, well, do I need a smart trainer? Do I need a, uh, you know, what do I actually need? So we'll dive into like the different types real quick. And then we'll go into trying to help you figure out what uh, type of trainer is best for you in your scenario. Um, so without further ado, we've got our types of trainers. There's pretty, there's, there's a couple of different types. Basically, you got I mean, smart- as of a few years ago, there was just three choices, really. But you had you had the you basically had dumb trainers. Yeah, only dumb trainers and yep. like three types. Yep. You have so dumb trainer meaning does not connect to uh, computer apps, not no electric going on here. 
Yes. Uh, so your resistance is provided through basically the barrel in the back, mm-hmm. and the bar- and the resistance is determined by either uh, wind, uh, mag like magnetic force, or fluid like viscosity of a fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> generally, as you shift, you can adjust the resistance. Yep. Not so on the mag trainer. Generally, on mag trainers, you have the little cord that comes all the way to the front. Yep. And you have to <clears throat> control the resistance that way. And then the wind trainers, generally, if you pedal harder, there's a little bit more resistance. And yep. then fluid, obviously, is the most has the most road feel. Yes. Uh, it, it changes Which is resistance what we use. as you go harder. I mean, I still use them for, for warm-ups at races. I yeah. still use the fluid. But we use the fluid trainer for, what, nine years, ten years? Yeah, we have, we've only had our smart Most trainers for a couple of years. Oh, seven to oh, nine. I use mine for... We kind of fought the whole f- smart trainer, uh, like, like wave for a while there. The initial, yeah. Because the we initially, long time ago, we bought a couple smart trainers. Mm. I mean, this was years and years and years before... Wahoo came out with theirs and it became a cool thing. Uh, this was basically only when CompuTrainer was around and we, we, we tried to, we couldn't afford CompuTrainers. Nope. So we tried to find a cheaper option and we bought like an old initial like tax yep. smart trainer that had a billion cables and all this stuff. I might still have it in my attic. It's like a <laughs> relic now. It's like the original they Nintendo. Were, they were terrible. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of swore off smart trainers for a little while um, because the fluid trainer is just like very universal. You can mm-hmm. use it to, easy to bring around, like easy to take, like you said, take the races, warm up. Uh, Pretty lightweight overall. Yeah. Like you don't need to plug it into anything. Yep. So a lot of advantages to it. But So like within the, uh, well, then there are smart trainers, which mm-hmm. is the, the cool thing now, the hype. Um, basically the smart trainer receives input from an app or a computer, um, and then can adjust like resistances of the trainer based on either terrain or virtual terrain or the workout or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Preset resistance level that you may want it at or an incline that you want it at. Like you can set it, uh, to, to adjust your resistance. And within those you'll get power data, you'll get cadence, um, you know, all that kind of stuff you'll get within that smart trainer is kind of built into the whole deal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> within that, within those two types, there's there kind go. of like, or within smart and dumb trainers, there are still um, two different types of direct drive versus like wheel wheel drive or wheel on versus wheel off yep. trainers. Um, again, direct drive. You take the wheel off. You don't have the cassette is on the trainer. Basically, you, you yeah, the trainer to... becomes your rear wheel essentially. Yeah, so, you, so you're not rear wheel's up, gone. You're not eating up tires. You know, I've blown through many a tire in a in a winter, and just and that's really the big thing, right? So a wheel driven or a wheel on. I mean, essentially, your your tire is going to take. It's going to get some wear. Yeah. So I mean, if it's not adjusted right, you really burn through them. But if you have everything, your your tire pressure proper. And you've got the yeah, but who does that level of tension? I just keep cranking right. the tension, <laughs> even when the thing's flat. When you start seeing rubber hitting your back wall, <laughs> you might want to do some adjusting there on uh, the resistance slash tire pressure combo. 
Um, but like years where I was doing quite a few hours indoors on the trainer, on a wheel drive, you know, on that fluid trainer that, that we had, uh, I, it was one tire. I mean, it's not like I was going through six different tires to get through a season. That included yeah. riding on the road. So it's not like it was a massive um, um, extra cost by being on a, on a wheel-based system. Although I, mean, I you're do like change the, tires at least once a year, anyways. Yeah, exactly. Blow through a set of hard shells in mm-hmm. in a winter is not a not a big difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'd tr- yeah change them out anyway come race season. So yeah, but yeah, those are kind of the two big things. Like I, I remember when the the direct drive first came out, I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool concept. Fancy. Yeah, no longer uh, no longer have to use my my rear wheel on that. I mean. I could keep a race tire on it if I wasn't wanting to burn through a race tire. So, like, you know, during during the season, there are oh. some advantages there. So, like, cost is obviously a big thing. Um, so, with a dumb trainer, you're probably looking at brand new, three to four hundred bucks tops. You could yeah. probably find. You could probably spend more or less. Like, obviously, with the dumb trainer, you I mean, you could scour. Facebook Marketplace and pick one up for fifty to seventy-five bucks. I'm sure there's people selling yeah. them. Left I mean, and I've right. seen some almost brand new, like the the Saris or the formerly Cyclops, the Fluid Twos. Yeah, which are what we used. Um, you know, one hundred seventy-five bucks, two hundred bucks. Yeah, like brand new, and it's a four hundred dollar. It's trainer. three, yeah, three thirty, three fifty, something like that. I think I just saw. And so you can market find adjustment, deals. Brian. There's a market yes, adjustment, Yes, it's the supply chain. <laughs> the supply chain issues going on in our next podcast. We'll be talking about supply chain issues. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's a serious consideration for a lot of folks. So like when people come to us and, and talking about the House of Pain program, uh, they're wondering, okay, what do, I, what do I need to do this indoor cycling program? Uh, and so one of the questions there is, okay, well, what's, what's your budget? And then we always ask them first, like, what what data devices do you currently have? Yeah. Like, do you have heart rate already? Do you have a heart rate monitor? Which those are those are pretty cheap. Um, do you have power? So power is kind of a <laughs> don't worry about tail spilling water all over the place. Uh, do you have power? Because if you're someone who's going to do the house of pain, you're you're probably interested in increasing your overall performance. If you're a data driven person, you want power on your bike. Now, if you have it on a Spark Trainer, also great. But we, we want you to have data on your bike that you can collect. You're still getting that data on a dumb trainer, yeah. but you're also getting it for any outdoor rides you're doing during the winter or once winter's over and now you're doing most of your training outside. Yeah. Uh, you're collecting all of that data. You're tracking your progress. You're, you're seeing your improvements along the way. So the first question we ask is, okay, you know, what's your budget? What's your current setup? So if you have nothing, our and and you're a budget conscious person or person, fluid trainer, just get a uh, one of the dumb trainers. It's a wheel drive or wheel on system. You can find them used or you can buy it new. You're looking at you know three hundred something bucks. We I mean we always like if you're going the the dumb trainer route, we always recommend fluid mm-hmm. because mag trainers and wind trainers are usually super loud. Who was it that brought? We oh had a. Gosh. We used to do House of Pain in. This is like a side story, but we used to do House of Pain in Dale's uh, detached garage, and yeah. now it's all video based. But back when it was that there, it was like twelve people packed into this tiny little 
little little garage, and someone showed up. Was that it? Was a wind trainer, huh? It was a wind trainer. And it, it sounded. They started like warming airplane. up, and it sounded turbine. like yeah, like a seven forty seven was about to take off. And we're like, and it was uh, louder than everything in the room. Yes. So it was hard to coach. Couldn't coach. Dale actually ended up stop stopping riding and giving him his fluid trainer, and Dale didn't even do the session that day. It's <laughs> like, nope, not gonna happen. So he didn't, he didn't bring it back anymore after that. No. So fluid is what we recommend. If you're going with a dumb trainer, get a fluid trainer. You'll be happy you did. Yeah. It's more of a road-like feel anyway. Yeah, def- of all the of the th- of all the dumb trainers, the the fluid ones feel more like the road, yeah. and so totally. Yeah. Um, I know we didn't we didn't really touch on cost of smart trainers, but with smart trainers, because of the demand for them and how how popular they're getting with all the virtual riding Zwift and Ruby and um, all the other whatever ones that are out there, um, they're, the costs are coming down on them, and people are they're they're building lower cost ones. Um, so right now you can get a smart trainer for, I mean some of them are under four hundred bucks, but basically so your range your price range right now is 400 to 1400 yeah basically and uh the big thing you need to know is that lower price usually means smaller flywheel smaller a lower ability to hand to simulate grades mm-hmm. um and less ability to handle large power outputs so that I mean, that's the big thing to think about. You know, yeah. I think the lower the lowest cost ones are like capable of simulating six percent in like eight hundred watts or something like that. Yeah. Which and I've not known. Have you known anyone on the the low end smart trainers? No. Like well, from our other experience, than like a kicker kicker snap. Yeah. The wheel on versions. But like even the the lower there's a the, I didn't even know there was a version lower than that until we just started looking at it a little bit ago. But I, so I've not had much experience at all in the very entry level smart trainer setups. I do know someone who had a kicker snap and upgraded it because they weren't real thrilled yeah. with it. Yeah. But this was again, this was like this was like a year or two years ago yeah. when the snap when they were kind of still trying to drill in there. I'm sure it's way better now than it was. Yeah. Um, but the wheel on the wheel on systems, even with smart trainers, because that's what we had with those nightmare mm-hmm. <laughs> old trainers, was is like the resistance when it comes on, you know, it has to like grab the tire and then, you know, so the, the resistance tends to come on fast mm-hmm. on a wheel on smart trainer. Um, and even some of the nice direct drive trainers the the resistance comes on really quickly like when you hit a hill or something like that um so that's just kind of like one thing to watch out for if you're really hard up to get a smart trainer and you're going to go low cost it's probably not going to be as smooth of a feel like when you're riding a course and you're hitting like three percent four percent grades yeah generally the resistance just kind of clamps down really quick yeah versus really smooth like uh and more simulating the road. So anyways, that's just kind of a range of what you could spend on a smart trainer and it's obviously pretty big. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if you're personally, my my recommendation, if, if someone's going to be getting a smart trainer, I would overdoing like a, or instead of doing like power meter on the bike and you know fluid trainer, because that's going to be similar price really. Um, I would recommend them looking at 
you know, you're, you're like 800 bucks and up range personally. Like if I was going to buy a smart trainer, I would not be buying one of the cheaper. That's just me personally. Uh, At this point for, for what I've done on with structured workouts and Zwift and virtual riding and stuff like that, I would I wouldn't own a non-direct drive smart trainer yep. which pretty much puts puts you in that exactly 8 750 800 and plus yep. uh price range. Yeah. And the um, people we've coached like you were mentioning, a lot of them if they came in at a more entry level have upgraded have to the direct upgraded. drive. Yeah. yeah. Um you know, more features, more realistic feel uh and and you know, it's going to be the better route to go long term. Yeah. Uh for our own personal recommendations there. So um, we'll kind of go into a couple other things to consider. Obviously, there's there's a lot to consider if you're like, especially if you're like if money is no object mm-hmm. or if money is an object and you have a tight budget, then, you know, cost is a big thing. So price ranges are huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we, we kind of alluded to this, which is, um, if you have one choice and you, ha- if you have 800 bucks to spend and you could spend it on a mid upper level smart trainer, or you could spend it, spend it on a dumb trainer and a power meter, go with the power meter and the dumb trainer first. Unless if, yeah, big if, unless you are, um, like your only reason, your main reason for getting a, uh, smart trainer is like the mental stimulation side of what a smart trainer offers. Like if you are one of those people that just like hates, hates, hates the trainer. Um, then if it's a matter of you getting in your training or not, yeah, go with the, go with the smart trainer. Yeah. And, and when he says mental stimulation side there, like if you're someone who wants to do the virtual reality stuff, wants to do some of the group ride aspect, things that you can do, wants to be able to ride different courses and it, it can sort of riding a course or doing a group ride or doing a race keeps you more mentally engaged. So someone who may despise the trainer may be able to get through, you know, 45 minutes or 60 minutes because you're actually being forced to adjust. A smart trainer will adjust that for you. You have to shift gears. You have to react. Like there's, there's engagement that has to take place. Whereas if you just hop on a trainer and you start spinning with no goal, no objective, it is proven time slows down. Yes. The universe. Uh, the universe. Stands still. Stands still. And, uh, you know, it can really just, it can be, if there's no plan and there's no variation that you're running through, it can get super boring. Um, you know, so you got to kind of think about, okay, where, where am I? What's my goal? If you're doing something like the hop, we're spending our whole time telling you to do different stuff. Standing up, sitting down, adjusting your pedal stroke, adjusting your technique, adjusting your cadence, adjusting your body position. Like there's, there's so much mental engagement going on there. You're fine with a, you know, a dumb trainer. You're also fine if you're on a smart trainer. Like, I mean, I'll be honest on a, on a smart trainer. I like whenever I do even, especially if I do like longer, just longer rides on the smart trainer, I'm still just watching Netflix or like old, <laughs> old races. Zoning out. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm still just going to watch TV. Yeah. Well, I, so I could be on a dumb trainer with my power meter Mm-hmm. And just do the same thing. Like I don't like I don't even I turn Zwift on, but I don't even pay attention to it. Yeah. I just you know. It's and just, then there's some people that they just love Zwift. So like you need to figure out who who you are, <laughs> what type of person you are, 
and what you're hoping to achieve from this. And that's going to help help drive you uh, in your direction of choice here. I mean, if you, I, I will say, like, if you are, if you're more on the performance side, like if you're wanting the performance gains out of it mm-hmm. and you're on a budget, do the power meter and the dumb trainer and you're going to be a lot happier, like in the long run, because you're going to be able to take that data outdoors and like, I mean, let's, let none of us like get into cycling to ride indoors all the time. Now, does it happen like in certain stages of life when convenience is everything? Mm-hmm. Yes. However, you're going to want that data outside and to be able to compare and contrast, mm-hmm. you know, rides and races and stuff like that. And especially if you're as a triathlete, if you're a triathlete and you're using power, like power is like the major regulator for people in in races, long course especially. Um, so you train all the time indoors with power and then you don't go and race with it. You're just like, it's just, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for getting the power on the bike first. And then, you know, if you, if you wait another year and you have, uh, y- your next big purchase, go for the smart trainer, mm-hmm. you know, you know, skip a, skip a year of getting some new wheels or something and, mm-hmm. and get a smart trainer. Yep. For sure. Um, one other group that, uh, a smart trainer is not for are the, uh, not so tech savvy, uh, people because these trainers are constantly in the, in the apps that control them are constantly updated, have glitches and bugs here and there. Um, you know, you're having to connect things. You're having to use blue teeth. You're... (laughs) (laughs) You think. Well, something else people don't really think about, I guess, too, is, uh, you know, if you're taking your, if you're going to a direct drive system, the spacing on your cassette, even if it's the same number of cogs on your cassette, you know, 11 speed to 11 speed or 12 to 12 yeah. or whatever, that spacing may be a little bit different on those hubs. And so if you're not sure how to adjust your shifting on your bike, you, you may hate your trainer. Uh, because going back and forth from your bike to your trainer, you may get chain hop. It may not shift properly. Like the, you know, just that little aspect of it. Yeah. Well, or if you can't take your wheel off your bike, <laughs> that's also a consideration. Yeah. Yep. I've had uh, I've had a few people come in for bike fits before, and they're like, oh, "I've never actually taken the wheel off my bike. Mm-hmm. Can you show me how to do that again?" Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> But yeah, think think about that. Like, there's there's been two people that uh, I've coached who have bought top of the line smart trainers, tried to use them, tried to figure them out, and ended up saying, "Nope, not worth the hassle," and and stopped doing it. So, I personally, I don't think they're that complicated necessarily, um, but something to consider. I mean, I've had tech issues with mine before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was normally like right after it's been updated or mm-hmm. something like that, or Zwift has been updated or something like that. But it's nothing that doesn't resolve. You can't. Which I think kind of segues <clears throat> really into the last piece is some of the different brands out there. Like if, if you're going to get, uh, anytime you're going to invest in anything, I think one of the most important things, especially with stuff that's, technology driven um, is to get it from a brand that has good customer service, good warranties, yeah. 
stand behind their product. Like, don't save a few bucks and end up with something that's not backed by the by the actual company. Um, like with our Saris trainers that we had, we had issues with those on the 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 plug that goes into it, and it was a no questions asked. Yep. They sent us brand new trainers, uh, even without us yep. sending the even before receiving the ones that we currently had that were malfunctioning. So, um, I would highly recommend you go with a brand name like a Saris, like a Wahoo, like a Tax. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going on the fluid side, so Saris has fluid trainers. They're formerly Cyclops. Um, Kirk Kinetic used to be a um, still very still popular, still popular, but more in the in the fluid trainer realm. Um, don't go with their road feel one. If you do the Kirk Kinetic, do they even sell those? The new rock ones? and roll. Don't do the rock and roll. <laughs> Whatever you do, or you'd be sitting like at a slight angle the whole time. <laughs> so don't do that. Um, Elite, I've I've not yeah, heard Elite too much about Elite, trainers. but um, they're a but, little more uh, popular in Europe. So for all you Euro people, for for, for Spain, for all our our Spain folks yeah, following us, I mean there there there's a lot to be said about the customer service side of it. I know I've I've heard Wahoo has good customer service as well, um, but the fact that you know it is is a very expensive piece of equipment, and mm-hmm. if something goes wrong with it, you and want them to back it. Even buying from a you know, from a local bike shop, most bike shops are going to source these bigger names. They're going to sell those bigger names. So purchasing through your local bike shop where you can take the trainer back to them and you can have them be the ones dealing with, you know, some of these customer service style issues or possibly just giving you a replacement while they handle it all. Yeah. Um, highly encourage that. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice to, you know, be able to take it to someone and say, Hey, you deal with it. This isn't working. <laughs> you deal with it. Swap me out one and you deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So All right. I, I think that's most information. You know, like I said, there's, you kind of have to figure out what is your number one factor, like for wanting to get mm-hmm. uh, a trainer, you know, and then you can kind of dive into what is most important to you and then, you know, yeah. pick the right one. It's, it's, uh, there's like everyone's scenario is going to change too. So kind of focus on where you're at right now, uh, what you're looking to do this, this fall winter, especially if you're going to be inside a lot. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we've helped a little bit yeah. <laughs> yep. versus making it more confusing. We get, con- we get questions on this all the time yep. and like try to direct people the best we can, um, you know, to the right one, but yeah. But honestly, to get started training indoors, like if your goal is to get better over the off season and all you need is a, is a basic fluid trainer, dumb trainer, you can make it happen on top of that heart rate on top of that power on top of that. Okay. Go into all the bells and whistles. Yeah. that's Um, But if you're looking for basics, indoor trainer fluid is what we recommend. And then, you know, based on budget, definitely get power. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So and if you want to check out our hop cycling program, you can always go to hopcycling.com. We're actually tomorrow we're going to do a this probably won't get out before then, but tomorrow we're going to do a question and answer session on that. November um, 10th. But it starts out. hop starts first week in December, goes all the way to the time change. We do it two nights a week and it's very uh very focused, structured, engaged 
work uh, to, you know, help you improve as a, com become more of a complete cyclist, um, but it's also to make sure that you don't want to blow your brains out on a, oh, exactly. on a trainer for the entire winter. Yep. Yep. You will come out dropping hammers Oop. in March if, uh, <laughs> if you sign up for that. <laughs> All right. Appreciate everyone hanging out, listening, watching. We'll catch you guys next time. Adios. Peace. Drop the hammer again.